Hello and welcome to episode two of series four of the Stress Sessions and I've got a very, very special guest coming back from the first ever series is my wife, Tara. Hello. How's it going? How are you doing? Yeah, good, you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not bad. How has your week been? Uh, good this week, actually. Um, trying to think what I've even done now. Loads has happened this week. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, not a lot midweek, but then had like netball and um, netball night out and then went to the f- our first gig since November 2019, so that was really cool. Yeah, that's good. Anxiety provoking, but good. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm going to start this off like I do every single episode and I'm going to ask you what is one song that puts you, if you're in a bad place, in a really happy, positive mood and why does it do that? Okay, top loader dancing in the moonlight. That's that's very quick. (laughs) That was my go-to for a really long time and it was around, I used it a lot for a time when I used to wake up with anxiety every morning. So it's like I'd wake up with that anxiety and it was like like rushing and fast heart and stuff. Yeah. And I just wanted to get rid of that feeling so I'd put that song in, on, and then I would just listen to like all the lyrics and then try and focus on them lyrics and then you focus on the lyrics rather than the feeling that I was having and then it like helped the feeling go away. So that's my one I always say is a go-to. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because you, you said that the last gig that we went to was the end of t- 2019. Do you remember the last time that you came on the podcast, what, what what the situation was and when it was? Do you remember? It was prime lockdown. Yeah. I think we, it was like you were just able to go and sit in parks and stuff. Okay, yeah, I can't remember what it was like. That, but when that. it was 2020 no 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 before that oh no it was 2020 no, yeah it's 2020. 2020 yeah yeah um all i remember was we recorded it and i wasn't worried about like what people would think or anything like that because we were in such a lockdown bubble that i didn't even think that people would be listening to us and then you released it and the day you released it we went to some little village somewhere for the day and we were just sort of wandering around the village and it, like I said it was you were only allowed to eat outside at that time I think yeah and I remember we released it and I was so nervous and then it brought on so much anxiety for a whole day and I was thinking oh my god why have I done like why have we done this <laughs> and then I sort of forget about it and then when now now like people will say now oh I just listened to the episode of you and Luke and I think oh my god what did I say because it was such a long time ago yeah because so that episode was in August 2020 and it was really really hot so we were just sitting there just naked basically oh yeah and we and so since then we've moved so we've moved house mm-hmm. and so much has changed isn't it so it's not it's not proper lockdown anymore and I feel like we're probably both in a slightly better place now than what we were. Oh, we're then. in a way better place now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not agree? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think. I like personally. I think. I I kind of say this in a lot of the podcasts that I'm I do, but I feel like I'm still improving massively. As in, I've still got quite a long way to go. Mm. 
Mm. And obviously, I gave up alcohol at the end of last year for a massive reason because I'm shit with alcohol, basically. And it really, really affects my mental health. So I've given that up for good. And that's part of me becoming a better me. It sounds really cliche. But I feel like I'm still getting better. But I feel like you definitely... Because I remember last time we spoke on the podcast, like two, what was it, like a year and a half ago? Yeah. You were explaining what it felt like to have depression. Yeah. Because I I listened back to it earlier and we were kind of like talking really... We went into the whole like anxiety, depression really deeply. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since then, you've got a lot better. You you know how to cope with kind of like the mental illness itself. And you've kind of developed as a person. Yeah, because when I've, I've listened back to that actually, like probably about half a year ago or something. Because again, because somebody said, oh, I listened to the episode. And I was thinking, oh God, what did I say? Mm. And I listened to it. And then I was like, wow, I'm really talking as if, I know what I'm doing and as if I've got all my life together but we really still hadn't and then it's kind of like I just feel like a lot of people never will and I don't think we ever will no because it all of like mental illness and stuff is part of life in a way but we manage it insanely better than we used to yeah and we kind of like I feel like we're really good at knowing when each other is suffering or are bad because we kind of question it and we do little bits and pieces to help each other don't we so I feel like we now know what to do when each of us is going for a bad patch and we've got our own coping mechanisms I think now to get through those bad patches yeah I think it's like so, for example, like, we both know that if we have a patch where we don't exercise, we see our mental health plummet, like, straight away. Yeah. And then yeah. we, in, both of us go, that's because we haven't been to the gym, or that's because we haven't been swimming. Because, I, like, I definitely use swimming as, like, a massive grounding technique. Because, like, if, I, if I, my head's jumbled and I can't stop thinking and whatever, I'll go swimming, and then it's, like, all oh, you're concentrating on is moving your body and the sound of the water so it's just instantly calms me so it's yeah if, if I haven't gone and I also do netball so it's like if I haven't gone to netball haven't gone to the gym haven't gone swimming it's like instantly I know that's why my head's messed up but whereas before we didn't recognize that and then we'd continue to spiral mm. whereas now I feel like we recognize so for example like we know that having routine and structure in our life helps us. So we do a whiteboard every week and write what we're doing on each day. And then we'll make a... So, for example, if we wake up on Sunday and we've got no plans, put, like, little plans into place because if those plans aren't in place... It the just, whole week just goes to shit. It just messes up with yeah. our heads. So it's like, we have to have structure. Um, I think that's, and... that's even with, with the smaller things. Though. So even if it's, like, going to the gym at lunch... Or something like that. Even if we've yeah. got no plans that week and we just write down, oh, we're going to the gym on Monday afternoon, not over lunchtime, that helps. Because then it's like, you can then go, oh, I've done that, tick that off, been to the gym, that's helped my mental health, blah, blah, and all that. So Yeah. And it's like, in as well, when you're doing things like going to the gym, going swimming and things, everything else falls into place. Like, you automatically start eating better. 
which isn't a conscious decision it just happens because you're feeling better you want to eat better whereas I know that when I'm feeling bad I then end up eating bad as well yeah and it's hard to break that cycle of feeling bad eating bad not not exercising and all that yeah so yeah I I feel like we've come on a long way since then but it's, it's still been quite hard but I think that the whole lockdown thing brought structure to our lives and that kind of helped a bit but then since everything's reopened again it's been a bit like <laughs> and everything's sort of like been a bit all over the place hasn't it since probably the start of this year yeah because it's like you because we like the structure we'll get a routine in place so it's like we work from home so then we'll go to the gym on lunch and then carry on working from home in the afternoon and then we've got our routine of things that we do in the evening and then they'll change something like okay you're going into the office now for two days a week and then that route that changes your whole weekly routine and then it throws you off course and then it takes a little while to get back Mm. to feeling good again yeah and the thing is as well is that going into the office is just not normal anymore. So because we've worked from home for, what, two years or like a year and a half, whatever it's been, and haven't been into the office as much, going into the office, even though it used to be like a really simple thing, is now like a real... I don't find it daunting, but it's the whole thing of like, oh, have I got my work pass? Oh, have I got everything from my laptop? And oh, I've got to speak to this person today. So, oh, is that going to be like, conversation going to be okay? And stuff like that. It's, instead of literally just being somebody on a camera or emailing them. Yeah. It's just such a different experience. And I think that I struggle with not sucking myself up to going to work, but I'm just a bit like, ah, oh. it just seems like such an effort of literally driving 10 minutes down the road to go into an office now, I think. Yeah. I find as well, I get slight OCD traits, like not major, but sort of I'll check like, 50 million times that I've packed everything that I need and like for example when we went to the gig last night I don't know how many times I checked that I had my tickets on me and it's just like if I don't have what I need I can just go home and get it but I'm like just checking over and over again <laughs> yeah, because, yeah but again it's just because it's not like a normal part of your routine of what you're used to have been doing yeah, I I think I've so I've changed slightly with that. I think the whole thing of oh I'm I've forgotten this so oh this bad thing can happen if I've forgotten something because I I think if it's doing something so say like we went to so I went to London yesterday to watch the football with with a friend and it's a really good day out and I felt myself so in in that situation normally. If I'm going to somewhere and it's like the plan, the, the only plan was that we were going to watch the football like, and we'd planned what train were we going to get there. Other than that, it's like eating and going wherever else and getting the train back wasn't planned. And usually I'll be like, I'd, I'd have to have everything planned. Whereas now I'm like, nothing bad's going to happen if we are slightly late to watch the football or if we miss a train or miss a tube or something like that, nothing bad's going to happen. So what, there's no, what's the problem? Do you know what I mean? Like I I would have been, that sort of situation would have stressed me out a lot in the past. Whereas now I'm a bit more like, I say to you tonight, nobody's died or 
whatever. So it's fine. Yeah. So it, I feel like my mindset has changed slightly with regards to like doing stuff like that because you can't control those things. Like if a train's delayed, you can't control that. There's nothing that you can do to control that. Or you, you can't control when you're in a restaurant and they're serving slowly or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. it, they're just things that are beyond your control. So I've kind of personally learned that you don't actually need to... Not, don't need to worry about stuff like that, but stuff with, beyond your control, there's it's pointless worrying about, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't change it. So it's difficult to not worry about things that you can't change, but at the same time just got to try your best not to <laughs> yeah and the classic case what so when I went into the office on Wednesday I, for, I forgot my work pass and in the past I'd have been shitting myself because I'd be like oh my god they're not going to let me into the building I'm not going to get past reception I'm, I'm going to have to call my manager and he's going to have to let me into the building blah, blah, blah. and all I had to do was go out to reception and go I forgot my pass and they were like okay what's your manager's name done that was it yeah. and I was in the past I'd have been like I'd have rang you up driving to work going, oh, I forgot my work pass, blah, blah, blah. And I'd have probably probably driven home and to get the pass. It's, it just seems so ridiculous, stuff like that, that I used to worry about such ins- insignificant things that probably had no impact on anybody or anything. So one thing that I really, really wanted to speak about that I don't think I've ever spoken about on the podcast before, but... I don't think it's ever come up properly apart from maybe it's been touched upon in a few, but boundaries. So I know that in the past we've both been really, really bad at like putting boundaries in place, whether it's with work or stuff that we're doing or like friendships and anything really. Like I've, but I feel like again, we've come on a really long way over the last couple of years in putting boundaries in place in our lives. What, What's your take on it? Yeah, so boundaries is like huge for me and something that I'm really trying hard to work on. And I feel like I'm getting better, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I have to like push through feeling uncomfortable because I know that in the long run it will help. Mm. So for example, so what I, for, so I, I can't remember what it was now actually, probably like six months ago. I went through like six months worth of counselling. Yeah. Um, just to sort of stop feeling anxious and low and things and just to try and make things clearer and it's like the best thing ever. Um, and one of the things that kept coming up was boundaries and it's basically, I figured out that I always was putting myself second in like every scenario. So... anything that anyone would suggest or want to do I'd just say yes to it Mm. and then I'd be like oh well as long as they're having a good time that's fine and then it's like you just can't do that because then in the long run you make yourself unhappy because you're not doing things that you actually enjoy Um, so yeah putting boundaries in place is basically like saying no to people for things that you don't want to do Um which I've struggled with and also just saying to people things that you're not happy with or you're not 100% comfortable with so for example we had our bathroom done um at the start of the year and it was like prime lockdown 
lockdown, we ha- we'd only been in our house like three months. Yeah, it wasn't long. Um, and we had had no one come to visit apart from mum and dad had come in to fit some curtains and blinds because it was around the time that nobody come in the house. We weren't allowed visitors yeah. at all. Apart from tradespeople. Apart from tradespeople. Yeah. So it was like mum and dad came in to fit the blinds because that's my mum's trade. She makes curtains and blinds. Um, so other than that, we hadn't had anyone in our house. And then we had these tradesmen come in to do the bathroom and they just fully took over everything, took over the whole house and just really wasn't considerate over everything. And we were both working from home, both working in the living room and just bursting in the living room, not knocking, we're on work calls. Um, just I just started a new job. Yeah, you decided a new job and just really not being considerate of our house or our personal space or anything like that. And then it was building and building and building and I really wanted to say something, but you know, like, is this just me being a bit, what's the word, I don't know. Kind of like irrational with the situation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And like, am I building this up just because we haven't had anyone in the house? And then he basically turned around and decided to cook himself a curry ready meal in our in our microwave and used all our bowls and cutlery and things and basically didn't ask us to use any of these things. So he was touching everything. So again, basically, was touching all our stuff. Again, it? it was like pure lockdown thing where when everyone thought you would die from every situation. Yeah, so it's like if you came into contact with any human being, you'd die, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I, so I had to basically message him and be like, can you not use our things? Also, he left it in the sink for us to wash up, which was a bit of a piss take. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I had to message him and say, look, we're not happy with the situation can you not be bursting in the living room? Can you knock when you want to come in? And can you not just be using our bowls and cutlery without asking? Can you ask us? But it just caused me so much anxiety having to tell him not to do this. And I just, like, I wasn't sleeping. I woke up in the morning and I was like, right, I've got to message him now. And I just was, like, shaking and just the worst anxiety ever. And then I did it. And then he called me, and again, I was thinking, oh my God, I don't want to answer this call. And then he called, and he apologised, and and said, like, he'll be a bit more respectful and stuff. And then it's like, you feel instantly like, oh, okay, I set my boundary, and he took it on board, and he listened, mm. and wow. <laughs> yeah, and with, with that person in particular you didn't expect that as a reaction because because yeah. it, I, the thing is you kind of like stereotype people straight away because with him it was like a typical tradesperson you expect it, it could have gone one way or another where he could have gone oh, okay yeah that's fine like sorry apologize or he could have gone off on one and been an absolute bastard and become even worse than what he was doing to be even louder be even more considerate and impact our life for those couple of weeks like even more but Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it turned it turned out well in the end, and by you saying something, it made our lives a lot better. <laughs> yeah, and it's sort of like each time you set a boundary with someone, it feels uncomfortable and horrible. But once you've done it, the feeling afterwards is like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. Like, yeah. I'm so chuffed. And then it 
spurs you on to do it the next time and yeah and sort of like as well with all the lockdowns and things simplifying your life and then you have people wanting to hang out like every day and stuff and then you're just like no because I just want to have an evening to myself to do nothing and that's okay like I don't I don't have to be like no I can't because I'm doing this or no I can't because I'm doing that like I can't because I just want to be on my own and you need your own personal space don't you yeah and yeah it's all things like that that I'm slowly learning and the thing is well with with boundaries I think that you again you do need that personal space but if you're agreeing to do everything that anybody asks you to do ever or you don't kind of tell people when they're in the wrong with the way that they're acting around you it makes you feel like shit and it it Mm. absolutely destroys your mental health I think Mm. because like you said it makes you feel tired you're constantly like worrying about oh if I say something to this person what's their reaction going to be and it's if you constantly let other people dictate your life like that trade person was at the time you you feel you don't feel yourself do you you feel like you can't act yourself you can't be normal and it's it's just you you just become a bit of a nervous wreck I think we were at that time weren't we because we were worrying about if we did say something what his reaction would be yeah and I think as well the more you set boundaries the more you realize how much people take the mick yeah and then you're like (laughs) then the more switched on you get and the more you're like okay well actually they're only contacting me because they want something not because they want to hang out with me yeah and it's it's amazing how quickly you open your eyes and you're like wow I didn't see that before like (laughs) yeah but and that's the thing is that they're when people push themselves upon you that's just them taking the chance isn't it and it's it's kind of like they're just kind of pulling the fast one. They're probably not even realising that they're doing it, but you're realising that they're doing it and what they're actually trying to do without them maybe not even realising it. And it's like, oh, actually, no, like, I'm not going to be taking the piss out of, I'm going to do what I want to do. And for, what, like 30-odd years, we didn't do that. We just kind of were dictated to by other people. So, we, so for instance, like before lockdown we if we got invited out by a group of friends we had to say yes we had to go oh yeah yeah that's fine and even if like if, if we didn't have anything going on, on like I don't know a weekend or so like a Saturday night and a friend was like oh yeah come around come around for some drinks or oh let's go and do this like on this weekend we feel like we're missing out on something or we would be hurting their feelings by saying no and putting that boundary in place because we felt like we couldn't say no and I feel like now we wouldn't mind saying no. Yeah, and also I feel like we used to... To say, like, we would have our own plans in place, even if it was just sort of like, we'd be tidying the house up or something, and we would think, right, it'd be really convenient for us if we met up at five. And that, and then that friend came along and went, oh, if we meet up at two, we'd go, yeah. And then cancel everything that we was originally going to do, even if it was just tidying the house, for example... And then we'd put unnecessary stress on ourselves because then we wouldn't have that time to do that thing that we needed to do. And then that in turn would cause anxiety where it's just like 
we could have just said, well, no, that's inconvenient for us. Can we meet at five? Hmm. And then it's a, when now, when you put boundaries in place like that, you think, why on earth did I never do this? Why did yeah. I just go along with what everyone wanted to do? Hmm. It's mental. But the thing is, they are really hard to put in place, I think, because until you've put that structure in place where you've got those boundaries, it is really hard to say no or turn people down or like pick people up and stuff because you've never done it before. It's, that, it's, it's not normal, is it? Yeah, it's alien. So until you do it... And you feel like you're being a horrible person, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're basically... I guess you're kind of... At the end of the day you're kind of helping the other person out because you're turning them down and then you might be giving them back free time that they can chill out and not be busy doing stuff with. And it might be helping their mental health out by chilling out. You don't know, do you? But Yeah. I think that, yeah, boundaries are very helpful and we've learned a lot from them over the past couple of years. But how would you say that by putting those boundaries in place, how much has it helped your mental health over the past sort of say a year or so oh tons because again it helps with structure which i need so if you've got people last minute going oh actually we can do this instead and then you go oh, okay and then switch all your plans that doesn't help me at all because it's ruining the plan that i had so then in turn it makes me just feel really stressed and <laughs> um, yeah, and then also, like, I struggle with not taking other people's feelings on board. Mm. And that's, again, something I'm working on at the moment. That it's like, if I'm around a lot of negative people, I really take on that energy. And it really then it really makes me feel negative. And I'm really trying not to take on other people's feelings which is really difficult mm. so if, I, I notice it all the time but if I'm around someone that's like really happy and high energy so my hairdresser for example she's like the happiest person ever and when she's round I'm on like such a little high and really like happy and stuff and like it sort of carries on throughout my day me feeling happy but if I'm around people that are sad and projecting like moaning and stuff onto me I then end up moaning along with them and going yeah yeah you're right yeah you're right and then taking on their feelings and then when I take myself away from that situation I'm like I don't think that at all like but it's because I've been around it I end up thinking what they're thinking so again something it's not a boundary thing that I'm working on the thing is as well is that when so for instance if you're hanging around somebody that's got like negative energy and they've got like they're chatting I don't know breeze breeze, <laughs> breeze yeah but if, you've, if you're around that a person like that that affects our relationship as well because you'll then come back into the house or you'll get off the phone or whatever to whoever you're speaking to and you'll it, it kind of rubs up on you doesn't it other people's like emotions and feelings rubs off on you so then mm-hmm. sometimes it can bring you down and then that affects our relationship and I know that that's happened in the past where like one of us has been negatively affected by somebody else and then we'll bring it back in, back into the house like in my instance over the past couple of years it's been with work 
I've been in a job that I didn't particularly like and I've brought that negativity back into the house because I haven't set the boundaries within that role that I was in within that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a mopey bastard coming back into the house and it's been horrendous and it's affected our relationship and it's shit. So I think that it's when when you're kind of putting boundaries in place, it's also helping other relationships, not just with that person that you're putting a boundary out with, but with other people around you as well. Yeah, true. So I was just about to tell a really interesting story about a blue bin on the podcast, but apparently I'm not allowed to talk about it. It was it's really boring. The, it was the most boring but, um, story that I actually hit the cut button. We're not telling that I story. I thought it was good. But other than that, you've had some really good news this week, haven't you, about your whole sewing thing. So talk to the podcast listeners about your really great bit of news about sewing stuff. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I do dressmaking and I entered a competition to um oh I've lost my train of thought create a um a, a costume for the blue bin that blew past our house at the start of the week <laughs> so I entered a competition it was like a dressmaking competition and I entered in the evening wear category and I found out this week that I'm a finalist which basically means that my dress will be on show in an exhibition in London for four days and then it will go down the catwalk on a final day and then they'll announce who is the winner, which is exciting. If anyone wants to go, the Stitch Festival in London. Shameless plug. Um... First weekend in March. (laughs) Have a look. So the thing that with so with your sewing and with I think with everything in your life and probably with me sometimes or like me both of us we both suffer from a, a kind of like quite regular mental health thing of imposter syndrome and self doubt so yeah. we constantly get into our heads that we're just not good at stuff and we have no self-belief at all so when so for instance with Tara had like a little kind of like meltdown this week about I can't remember I can't, what, what was it what was it now but basically you so basically I'm making five bridesmaid dresses for my brother's wedding that's coming up and I can never be happy with what I make so I've made a dress and everyone well I say everyone I've only shown you and my mum and Emma the bride and all of you have said oh wow it's really gorgeous it's really nice and I'm like and then mum goes you happy with it and I'm and I go no (laughs) and then mum's like of course you're not what's wrong with it and I'm like oh that that one line is slightly off and then mum's like for god's sake it's a perfectly good dress well yeah and then you showed it to me the other day and you were like oh this bit's pulled and blah 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 and it's oh it's or if it keeps pulling like this it's going to get ruined and I was like I can't even see where it's pulled what are you talking about <laughs> and, I've, and like with you it's that thing of even though you've created something amazing because you're so close to it and you kind of like I think you put yourself on a bit of a pedestal didn't you in terms of you I'm a bit of a perfectionist which yeah. isn't a good trait 
I mean, that's the complete opposite of putting yourself on a pedestal. You're putting yourself on a like on the floor instead of on the pedestal. But like, yeah, you don't realise how good you are at something. And even when people tell you that you're really good at something, you don't believe them. No. You just think that people are saying it just to please you when it's not. That's, you're just bullshitting yourself because you are good at something. And you need to be proud of yourself because you do it so much. Like, I think you do, you do it in everyday life. You do it like with everything that you do. You always think, oh, I've not done this well. But the sewing's the biggest one where you think you haven't done a good job or something and you've like created something amazing and you don't realise it because you have that imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much nailed it. <laughs> but then, but, but it, is, it is so common because so many people suffer it and you kind of look at people that... See, it's kind of, it's kind of like when you go into like Instagram or TikTok or any social media stream... And you get all these celebs like promoting themselves hard on just stuff that they're like being paid to advertise, and they look so confident and they look so happy to be doing it. But really, they've probably got their same self doubt about what they're doing because they're just putting that social media front on. And because you see people like that looking so happy and thinking, "Oh, I've done really well with this," you it then gives you self doubt because I get it as well. So, like for instance, with this podcast I'm constantly comparing it to other people that have other podcasts or other mental health podcasts and I'm always like oh why are they doing better than me why are they like why have they got better listening figures why have they got more Instagram followers blah blah blah. and at the end of the day it's being proud of yourself and being proud of the the thing that you've created and the thing that you've built up which with you is your sewing and how much you've improved over the years I'd be so proud yeah I think it's a lot easier to fake it on social media, like... Oh, no. Yeah, so I just um, knocked a drink over with my elbow because I was swinging about. So, um, yeah, what did you say? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember what I was saying. I I basically ended in saying, oh, you're really good at sewing and you have no self-belief, but people on social media that look like they've got their shit together and they're really proud of themselves. Yes, that's what I was saying. I think it's a lot easier to fake it on social media because it's like, I can look a lot more confident than I actually am on social media with pictures and things like that. But you don't see like, so I'll put a photo on where it's like, I look really good and stuff, but you don't see the awkwardness of it. Say it's like a photo in public where I'm like, not yet, not yet, because people are coming, people are coming. Hold on, wait till these people are passed. Mm. And then like, oh no, and then all the awkward ones where it's because people are around, I look really awkward. But if I'm on my own, I'm not awkward at all. Yeah. I think with my social, so with my social media, I, I that's why I don't put as many pictures up of me, because I'm always a bit like, oh, people don't want to see my face, like they don't care, they just want to know the mental health stuff, and that's why I'm a bit like, I don't put that many pictures up of me on my page because I'm always a bit like, oh, people don't want to see me, they're just here for the facts and. I think they probably do want to see you. Yeah, that's kind of what I do anyway, but. I feel like it's more the the stuff that I post is more me in terms of like I like writing so I'll write down how I'm feeling and what I'm doing rather than showing people what I'm doing if that makes sense yeah 
I always find it really weird when I put up a photo and I think, oh god, that's extremely posy. And then I sort of put it up with a bit, a bit of anxiety of, oh god, what poser. And then you get like the most likes ever. And you just think, wow, okay, I thought I'd been a bit of a twat. <laughs> yeah, so oh, so, <laughs> so basically one thing that I was going to say is, so whenever we, whenever I put a picture up of us on social media, they're the ones that get the most likes from me. And you're always like, oh, you're using me for likes. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, because I want people to know that I have a wife. <laughs> and it's not just me. <laughs> and you're always like, you're just using me for likes. It's like, no, I'm literally just putting a picture up because it looks nice. I'm d- yeah, I'm only joking when I say that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that like, having self-doubt a lot everyone has it and I think that even when people don't look like they would ever have any self-doubt or have imposter syndrome they would have in the past or they will do because it's it's even so one one instance I can think of is like people on The Apprentice and people that go on these like reality TV programs so for instance like the we've been watching that celebs go dating recently and there's this one guy on there that I can't remember his name was the hyphenated name guy Ryan Dashmark Ryan Dashmark who was on The Apprentice last year was it last year and um, he's like he's I I hated him to begin with because he was like he's just really like pompous twat but um, I in the end really liked him because he I think he's just a bit of a piss take character but he had a wall up didn't he and then in the final episode he actually showed what he was like his true personality and that's probably because he he was putting boundaries up with the show because he just wanted to show the personality that he had on The Apprentice, carry that across to that show, um, and then had that self-doubt in showing his real character. And in the end show, he actually opened up and he was quite emotional, wasn't he? Yeah, that's something I've learned over through the counselling and stuff recently as well, is that, like, basically no one is what they seem. And even if they're the most confident person in the world that doesn't mean that they don't go home and just be crippled with self-doubt and all of that whereas I always thought it was more quiet people and and stuff that wasn't confident whereas it's like you can be the loudest person in the room and still be the least confident and when I first sort of figured all that out it was a bit like whoa literally not one person is what they seem yeah and like that was a bit of an eye opener at first you're like oh wow okay a good person that a good person to follow I think on social media for that sort of thing is Vicky Patterson because she puts up photos of herself when she's doing like a photo shoot but then she'll also put a photo up of herself when she's like at her complete worst yeah I, yeah I've seen that before like if she's like crippled with period pain or something do you remember like we went to Ascot and we saw her yeah and she was wearing this white dress by Victoria Beckham she looked absolutely stunning you went over got a photo with her and stuff and she was like really polite and really nice um, to you and stuff wasn't she yeah and then the next day she put like how uncomfortable she'd felt because she'd been on her period and she was wearing a white dress and stuff and then it was just like whoa like you just didn't even see that because she just looked mad confident, but then it turned out she wasn't. Well, she she put on her Instagram that she didn't even go to us. She she almost didn't go to Ascot because she was so anxious. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> the person that you see being really confident, like at face value, might not be that confident. So it's it's kind of like that whole, yeah, putting on the front and 
a lot of people do it quite well, don't they, I think. Yeah. I find it more difficult to put on a front now since counselling and stuff. Because I kind of did the same, but it was more of a, more a front of, oh, I'm so happy all the time. Whereas now I'm a bit like, I can't fake stuff. <laughs> well, it's, it's the whole like cliche thing, though, of, oh, you you should be able to feel exactly how you feel without being feeling bad, which sounds ridiculous. You know, like, I don't want to say that. It's, it's okay not to be okay. I hate that phrase so much. But it's okay to feel, like, down sometimes and that that the feelings that you're feeling at that time will pass and it's just a temporary thing. Yeah, because as well, when you hear people and... So, for example, celebs go dating, because that's what I've been watching all the time. Um, they said to someone, what do you want? And she was like, just to be happy. And it's like, it's uh, now I'm like, that's an unrealistic goal. Yeah. Like, you can't be happy. You could strive towards being content, but happiness isn't like a constant feeling. You can't be happy all the time. And I think that's a problem of why a lot of people have anxiety and stuff, because they're trying to be happy all the time and it's, unrealistic goal and like if you are sad and stuff yeah it sucks when you're in it but once you pull yourself out like you learn from it and things and it's just one of the many feelings there's a lot of feelings okay so one question that i've been meaning to ask you as um, my fellow married person is um <laughs> married person, <laughs> married person. <laughs> is um what what would you say is one really positive thing that has come out of our relationship over the past since we recorded the last podcast in august 2020 Hmm. with regards to mental health i think we're a lot better in our own company now like we were never very good at like being apart and letting each other crack on with stuff so it's always if we were doing our own thing we'd feel guilty so for example like I love dressmaking and if I'd go up to my dressmaking room and like sometimes I would like to spend like a whole day just cracking on to try and get something finished and again it's just therapeutic for me to be making something but I could never fully relax because I was always think oh what are you doing in the other room and are you okay in the other room? And I like, are you annoyed that I've left you for the whole day mm. and stuff? And and we'd never like leave each other alone. So it'd always be like if we were watching TV and one the other one's quiet, we'd constantly be like, are you okay? Are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm just watching telly. Mm. And then now I feel like, and also, I always used to feel guilty if I'd go out and leave you and things it was just unnecessary guilt so sort of like yeah so for example like i play netball two days a night two nights a week and i'd think oh is he okay while i go out and stuff and it's like you're perfectly fine like cracking on playing fifa or or whatever you're doing Mm. and it was it was always kind of like that wasn't it that we would feel bad for leaving each other yeah when really you need that time on your own because otherwise it's just like so full-on isn't it yeah and then now it's kind of like we just get our whiteboard out on a Sunday and go, right, what are you doing this week? What am I doing this week? And then it just, okay, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and that's it's, it. it's like whether it's together or separate, like 
I don't think we think about it anymore. No. No, I think that's a good one. That's yeah. positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so the final part that I do with every single guest that you haven't done yet, because I only introduced it in series three, I think it was. So here goes the quick fire round. So cats or dogs? Cats. Summer or winter? Summer. Talking or texting? Talking. Day or night? Night. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. A good book or a good film? Film. Vinyl or cassette? Vinyl. Taking back Sunday or Avril Lavigne? <laughs> oh, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I always throw in a curveful one to everybody. Oh no, it's like picking up two children. <laughs> You've got to answer it. I can't. You've got to answer it. Every, I, nobody, not one person has refused to answer a, a quick fire round oh. question ever. Should I sing a song while you're deciding? I honestly can't pick. You, you need to pick. You have to pick. <sighs> There's no point in putting a boundary up in this one because you need to pick it. It's a quick fire round. Oh, why are you doing this? It's still recording, by the way. I know, but I, can't, I honestly can't pick. I'm not even going to cut it. Okay, I'm going to say... Avril Lavigne, only because... I love it. You have to, like, have reason. To explain it. You have like, to reason. Because Taking Back Sunday songs are all heavy, whereas I feel like Avril Lavigne songs, I've got different songs for different feelings. So it's like... Her, I'm going to be a geek now. Her Best Damn Thing album is very... <laughs> it's very poppy and girly and upbeat. So if I'm in a really happy mood, that's a good album to go to. Whereas her Under the Skin album is quite dark and rocky and deep. So I feel like with her, there's different things for different moods. Because I tend to use my music for my moods. Okay. And yeah, just just for listeners, Avril Lavigne is Tara's favourite ever artist and Take My Sunday are her favourite ever band. So, yeah. 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 Horrible. So you don't like talking about Sunday anymore. Horrible husband. <laughs> Let's end on a positive. <laughs> so one one final question. I don't usually ask this one at the end, but what is your happiest place in the world and why? Okay, this question is an interesting one actually because I feel like if you would have asked me this question before lockdown, I 100% would have gone Coventry and Brighton because we met in Coventry at uni. Mm-hmm. And so it holds, like, a lot of memories and things. And it's sort of always a place where people think it's horrible, but I love it. And Brighton, because we lived there for quite a few years. And it was always, like, we'd go back every year and just love the place. But we went back during lockdown and it was like something had shifted in in us yeah it's my birthday wasn't it yeah we went for your birthday and it was like something has shifted in us and it just didn't feel the same anymore and it was like I'd grown up in the last two years and it's like that place just didn't fit for us anymore Mm. so I feel like there's places now that 
hold memories of certain times in your life. So I can't give one definitive place, basically, because I feel like there will always be certain places for certain time periods. Mm. Heavy! <laughs> Slash dodging the question, like the quickfire answer. <laughs> no, I'm not dodging it. I just think, like... like yeah, co- I, get, I get what you mean. Like, yeah. Coventry's, like, early 20s place with good memories Brighton's late 20s place of good memories and then now we're in our 30 early 30s and I feel like at some point there'll be a place that holds a really good memory deep (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that is the end of the podcast so thank you very much for coming back on after like I don't know like a year and a half um and speak to you in a minute Let's hope that um, when this goes out, I don't have a, as bad anxiety as last time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speak to you later. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much to Tara for coming back on the Stress Sessions Me. podcast after a year <laughs> of not being on the Stress Sessions and I say this in every single episode, but I am not a professional. So if you are suffering from a mental illness or have poor mental health, please visit the link in the podcast notes where you will find a NHS link page with lots of resources and links to charities that will be able to help you with your specific needs. Thank you so much again for listening and make sure you share, like, subscribe, download, tell all your friends and listen to next week when... I'll be chatting to another guest on the Stress Sessions coming out next Monday. Bye!